welcome to the Christian Life Austin Sunday morning message. Today we continue our series Better with Pastor Rex Johnson. Would you stand to your feet? You're awesome people. I love you very much. What a joy to minister to you today. Now, I, I, we're, we're, we're doing a little thing here called Better. Everybody say Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. That was two weeks ago. Last Sunday, you heard Pastor Josh. I had to be out of town. But today, I want to speak on something that I think is uh, it's going to be, uh, I, hope, I hope it'll change your thought process. I'm not the kind of person that thinks I can change the world with a message. I'm not that kind of person. But if I can influence a couple of people today, just if I can touch some people and help somebody today, help somebody in your journey, in your walk, I think it will be so important to the kingdom of God and so important in the final outcome. I want to talk to you today about the word better again. Everybody say better. And I want to speak today on this subject, better is one handful. Everybody say one handful. Better is one handful. I want to speak about that today, and I, I really trust that you'll let me open my spirit to you and embark on this with you today. I won't be lengthy, I promise, but I hope that I preach decently today. Everybody say, Pastor, Pastor. preach the word to us. Let it touch my heart. Let it change my heart. Pastor, preach the word to us. Let it touch my mind. Let it change my mind. Preach the word to us. Let me leave here a different person than what I was when I came in. Turn to somebody, shake their hand. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Brett. Thank you so much. We're finding words to talk about the next couple of weeks with the word better in it. Trying to memorize verses so we won't just hear them, but we will know them. The message today has a potential to impact somebody's life very greatly. If you'll open your heart to what God wants to show you, it may be you. It'll also be very easy today for you to shake this one off and say, okay, yeah, that's good, preacher, I love it, I need to make some changes, and then go on about your life and nothing happens. But if God wants to say something, if God wants to show something, or if God wants to change you in some way, please Please be sensitive to what God might want to do today. Today's message is that you will either learn it the easy way or you'll learn it the hard way. You can learn today or you may learn it when you're dying or when you're on the other side of eternity. And when you look back and say, oh man, I'd give anything to get to do life over. But we get to do life only one time. We need to get it now. Okay, with that foundation, I have a very important question. Anybody know what these are? Anybody ate these? Anybody ever eaten a spree you hadn't lived? <laughs> Nobody? My God. I have got a church of squares. Here, 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 here. Catch that red one, buddy. Catch it. Put that in your mouth. This 30-second rule. Catch that, sweetheart. Here, honey, catch that. Put that in your mouth. Put that in your mouth. Hey, Amen. Can you catch it, Sean? All right. 
I'll do a red one just with you. Put it in your mouth. Chew it. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. That's better than Campbell's soup. It's candy. I've been introduced to a lot of candy from my grandkids. And the dentist has been introduced to their teeth. But spree is a, is a candy that if you eat it as a grown adult without food, it'll give you indigestion bad if you eat enough of them. And if you're a kid sitting watching a movie and you eat about two or three of these packs, you'll be throwing up after the movie. I promise. It just has something in it. Now, it tastes good. The red ones are the best, but it tastes good. But if you eat too much, indigestion's coming without food. If you eat too much in a movie, kids, you're going to be throwing up. So it's best to have some popcorn with your spree next time you go, okay? But spree reminds us of one of the biggest battles that we are facing in our culture today. We're facing a battle, and, and it's, a, it's, it's, hard, it's hard not to believe the cultural lie. And if you know it, you may say it out loud, but in our culture, it teaches us about everything that if one of these is good, two is better. So I think I'll eat nothing. They're really good. I never ate candy in the pulpit. It's fun. (laughs) Kids know that eating too many of these on an empty stomach can make you sick. You know, my God, I got all kinds of stuff in my mouth right now. Hang on. It really makes your taste buds just start springing up. You know, I always thought that if playing one sport was good, two was better. I always thought if a dollar was good, having two is always better. I always thought that if one car is good, two is better. I always thought if having one kid was good, my Lord, I had four, then four is better. And you know, if one wife is good, two is not better. Don't even go there. It's trouble. Solomon had 300 wives. A student asked his seminary professor one day, why does Solomon have so many wives? And the seminary professor said, so when he came home, he could hopefully find one in a good mood. (laughs) Okay, I'm just teasing. We're going to get on. I'm just joking. Don't walk out on me, ladies. But one can look back to the Garden of Eden. And you can see the form of a lie beginning. If one is good, two is better. If you don't know the story, God created everything so that it was all good. And so then he created man and said, it's good, but he's alone. So poof, he put him in a deep sleep. And when he woke up, he had made Eve out of a rib. And Adam saw Eve and went, whoa, man. And God said, have fun, be fruitful, multiply. Eat from any tree in the garden except that one. You can have anything you want, but just not that one. And Lucifer or Satan came in the form of a serpent and the serpent said, did God really say not to eat from that one? Because here's the deal. If you do, you'll be like God. You'll be like God. And what the serpent basically did was, hey, you got everything. You got everything. But what you don't have is what you really need. And that's the lie that hell tries to make us believe even today. Why don't you get what you don't have? Lucifer's lie, more is always better than less. You ever ate Lay's potato chips? You know what their motto is? Nobody can eat just one. And you know what? They're just right. They're absolutely right. I remember my uncle 
took us nephews, took his nephews to a, um, a Dairy Queen years ago. I've lost my handkerchief somewhere. Where's it at? Took us to a Dairy Queen several years ago. Thank you, buddy. Took us to a Dairy Queen several years ago when we were just kids. And I, I had several cousins. In fact, one of my cousins was a big old boy. He really was. In fact, when I think about it, two of my cousins were big old boys, his brothers. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. All three of them were big old boys. <laughs> and uh, I was the littlest of the bunch. I was the middle of the, of the five. And, and he took us to a Dairy Queen. And so I was kind of his favorite. And so he said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Whatever, whatever Rex eats, whatever he eats at this Dairy Queen today, my oldest cousin said, I can eat twice what Rex can eat. And so the contest was on. And so if I ate one burger, he had to eat two burgers. If I had one Sunday, he had to eat two Sundays. Uncle John was buying all of it. He's going to buy it all. And so I determined that I was going to make them sick and that I was going to out-eat them because I could eat at least half of what they ate. Well, I pushed it. I'm telling you, that cousin of mine, one of them still, he could eat that 72-ounce steak in Amarillo right now at that restaurant. The boy ate and ate and ate. Well, I just kept eating. Everybody kept eating because they had to do more than me because whoever won got a prize, a prize of $20 if we out eat the other one. And I just had to eat half as much. Well, when we all left the Dairy Queen that day, we didn't make it to the car. It was coming out of us. You're talking about a purge. There was a purge happening. And I know that sounds gross, but at least I'm using purge instead of the other words, Okay. And God was trying to teach us cousins that more is not always better. Sometimes more is just more and not that good. My main thinking today is this. I'm going to put it on the screen. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. Everybody say it with me. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. Help me out here. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 6 in the NIV says, Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Would you repeat it with me? Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. We could say it this way. Better is one handful than two. Why is one handful better than two? Well, if I've got one handful, guess what else I have? I have an empty hand. Now, I know that you people don't think that preachers do anything but preach on Sunday and we eat fried chicken all week. But I've been practicing this, okay? So I've been rehearsing this. So if I've got a handful here and I don't have both hands occupied, guess what I can do with this hand? If I see you stumbling, I can say, can I help you get up? If I see you discouraged, can I say, I'll encourage you in the Lord? If I see you downhearted, can I say, I will help you up? But if I've got everything in my hands, if everything's in my hands and my hands are both full, there's no way that I can help you. But if I have one hand available, I can reach and say, come on, buddy, you're going to make it. Come on, you're going to make this journey. Come on, you're going to share this journey. We're going to make it together. We need to understand better is one handful with tranquility than two with toil chasing after the wind. I'm going to encourage. I'm going to strengthen you. In fact, Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. He said, watch out, everybody. Be on your guard. 
against all kinds of greed because a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Watch out. Be on guard. More is not always better. Watch out for greed because your life does not consist in what you have. And then he told a parable about a man who had made great wealth. And he said, you know what I'm going to do? He said, I'm going to tear down these old barns and I'm going to build me some bigger barns. Because these old barns are not enough. And I'm going to tell you something. God, when he said, I'm going to kick back and take it easy. God said, this night your life will be required of you. Because there was something about God that he was left out of that picture. And God's not going to be left out of the picture of your life. Jesus said in verse 21, this is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself. But is not rich toward God. Everybody say, Pastor, I want to be rich toward God today. I don't want to be chasing after wind that doesn't, that, but do, doesn't have what matters most, and that's a relationship with God. I am convinced that God really doesn't care how much we have, but he doesn't want what we have to have us. Amen? I am convinced that God wants to bless us. I preach blessings all the time, but I don't want us to get to a place where the things that we have in life have us. And so our affections and our devotions and our honor and our our praise does not belong to the Lord, but what we have in our own self. I'm going to preach today. He wants us to be rich toward what really matters to us. And that's why it's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. Everybody say better is one handful with tranquility than two with toil chasing after the wind. So if it's better to have what doesn't matter, what does matter, I want to ask you to define very clearly in your life what does really matter today. Let's talk about it. Right now, all over our church, I want you to think. Balcony, I want you to think about this. Lower floor, I want you to think about this. What really matters today? What really matters today? And you say, well, pastor, I, you know, it's very difficult for me to, for me to do that. Okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to help you a little bit. I'm going to help you. If you don't know what really, I'm going to help you. Let me, let me make it easier for you. Say, say this week you got a call and somebody saw a test and you have to come into a doctor this week. And you go into that doctor and the doctor looks at you and he says, I got to tell you something. You've got 30 days. That's all. You've got 30 days. I had an uncle in Angleton, Texas that got that report one day. We were sitting with him at a, Christmas, at a Christmas social at his church, all of our kinfolks, and he said, I've got to go to the doctor this week. And the doctor gave him one month to live, and he died a month later. And I want to tell you something. I'm not trying to be morbid today, but if you had 30 days to live, I want to, I want to know what would be the most important thing in your life today. If you got a sentence today that you've got 30 days, write it down, put it on your Facebook. A pastor of mine, a pastor friend of mine did it one day. He put on a Facebook, if you had 30 days, what would be... What would be the answer you would give? What would be the most important thing in your life? Here was the answers. God is most important to me. Pleasing God, glorifying God, knowing God, living for God. The second most common was my family, my marriage, my children. Sound right? Leaving a godly legacy, leading my children to be fully devoted followers of Christ. Some people said my church is important. Some said making a difference. Some said making God known, showing the love of Jesus. Some saying having my relatives and loved ones come to know Jesus Christ. But here's the shocking news, folks. Here's the shocking news. Not one time did anybody say the amount of money they had in their bank account. Not one time did anybody say what they make annually. Not one time did they mention a single possession. Not one time did they talk about the make and model of their car. Not one time did they talk about the size of their home or the type of their countertops. Not one time the type of the cell phone they use. Nobody, nobody wondered if anybody was following them on Twitter. You know what I mean? And nobody posted their score from Angry Birds. 
Here's what I'm telling you. If it's all said and done, if Jesus is number one, he's got to be number one on July 20 right here on this service today. Somebody needs to get on your feet and clap your hands and say, he will be number one in my life. He will be. He is. He's preeminent. Many people pursue things that are not even important. I want you to encourage you today to define what's important in your life. I want to encourage you today to define the things that matter in your life. I want to talk about encourage you to live what I call, put it on the screen, one handful of living. I want you to, I want you to look at that, at that phrase right there, one handful living. Many of us, we're grasping for everything, and better is one handful with tranquility than two with toil. So that kind of raises a question, how can we live a one handful life? I want to give you a couple of thoughts and then three real simple application points today, then I'm going to let you go home. How do you live a one handful life? How do you do it? I buried a man yesterday. I passed a man on to the Lord yesterday, 92 years old. I will share his story at the end of this message today. But he worked for 44 years for the Red Cross. And in his 44 years for the Red Cross, he learned how to give to others more than taking for himself. Boy, there was a preciousness at his home going yesterday. Wow, like nobody's business. Here's what I want to tell you. Number one, I want to encourage you, first of all, to let go of what doesn't matter. I want you to let go of what doesn't matter. Hebrews 12 and 1 said, let us, I put some dots there, throw off, put some more dots. Everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles dots. So we can run the race with perseverance that's marked out for us. The Greek word there, throw off, translated as cast down. It means a violent throwing down. It means like getting a bee in your hair. You know what I'm talking about when some bee or something got in your head, you want to throw it down. That concrete came up fast, that little bee's eyes, because you threw it down. You got it off of you. God has a race for us, folks. There is a track. There is a will. There's a purpose. There's a plan. And there's some young people in this house today that think, and you know, if I can only get what so-and-so has when I'm 50, what so-and-so, why don't you get what God has for you right now? Why don't you let God just do something in your life right now? You have the ability to throw things down. You've got the ability to knock it out of your hair and knock it down and cast it down. And then there's three little quick phrases that I believe I will speak to many of you today. And I'm going to give you all of them at the same time. Number one, you need to cut back. Number two, you need to throw out. And number three, you need to turn off. Everybody say cut back. Everybody say throw out. Everybody say turn off. (laughs) Now, I'm not talking about your wife and your kids and your family. Those are important. I'm not talking about God. He's important. But there's things we've got to cut back on. Let me talk about cut back just a little bit. Let me just share it, and then I'm going to preach a little. Let me just talk about cutting back a little bit. There's two things that I think that all of us could cut back on. One's our spending, and the second's our schedule. Let's start with spending. Better is one handful. Better less with tranquility and financial margin than two handfuls with a financial noose around your neck. 
Better is one handful with money left over at the end of the month than two handfuls with fight and worry and financial fears and never being able to be in the house of God. I want to make this statement. It's on the screen. How sad it is in our world that we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't even like. If I can just preach to you here just a minute, it does not matter how much you have and how much you possess. What matters is how much you love Jesus Christ and how much you want to give your cause to his cause. Come on now. It's not nobody's going to go back in the annals of time and say, wow, wow, wow. What's done for Christ is all that's going to last. Somebody needs to help me preach right now. It's time to edify Jesus Christ in this house. It's time to open up our hearts and say, Lord, I'm tired of spin, 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 trying to impress. I want you in my life. I want you in my life. I'm not trying, I don't preach from a fear factor. I'm not trying to scare anybody, but the Malaysia airlines are just not, they're not a good airlines, okay? They're not good. Especially if you're a Russian. Uh, you don't like them. And, and, and I, I'm sure Malaysia airlines probably going to go out of business or change names to protect the guilty or whatever. But there's things happening in our world right now, folks, that, that is telling me I need to preach what I'm preaching today. There's things happening in our world. You know, we're, we're close. We're close to something cataclysmic in our society. We're close. And I'm not a fear preacher. I'm really not. But there is a rapture going to take place. There is an end time that's going to happen in our life. It's going to happen. And it's going to happen, I believe, in this generation. I really believe that with all my heart. Because this generation shall not pass away till all these things shall be fulfilled. And I promise you, when Israel became a nation in 1948, we're living on the backside of that generation. And there's something stirring in our world, not just in America, but in our world. It's time for us to shake off things, cast things down that don't matter, and lift up our hands to somebody that does matter. Are you with me today? Are you with me today? I'm telling you, God don't care how much you have. Just don't let it have you. Some of us need to, some of us need to cut back on our schedule and listen carefully. You need to get prayerful and aggressive about cutting back in, on society's pressure and saying yes to everything to society. In fact, what's the most common answer to the question in our culture when someone asks, hey, how are you doing? You know what people say? Boy, I'm tired. Wow, I'm tired. I'm busy, man. I'm tired. Oh, God, it's been a 72-hour day. Oh, I'm tired. When's the last time you walked up to somebody and said, how are you doing, man? He said, hey, dude. Woo. Man, I'm chilled. I'm so relaxed. Everything's cool. I'm drinking virgin pina coladas. I'm taking my wife out two times a week. We're just having a time of our life. Nothing's wrong. Everything's cool. You just don't meet people like that anymore because society is demanding. But somewhere in all of that demand of schedule, there's a word from the Lord that says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Do you really think that's his biggest plan? Yes. Let me tell you, I had some people walk in church Wednesday night and say, Pastor, I am so tired. I was so glad to tell them that by the time they left service on Wednesday night, they would not be tired anymore. They'd be rested because the Lord don't give out tired. 
His schedule doesn't have to, oh, let me preach right now. His schedule doesn't have tired on it. His schedule has rest. Come to me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I'm going to give you some rest. Hey, why don't you clap your hands this morning and say, I'm feeling the rest of the Holy Ghost. This is something that needs to be on your schedule, but you need to say no to some things that really don't matter. You got to say no to some things in order to say yes to the right things. And I'll tell you, it'll offend people. I used to say yes to everybody. I said, Pastor, would you come speak for us? Yeah, I'll come. Then, I'm, then, then Patty came in my life. And Patty's got the greatest no I've ever seen in my life. She just knows how to say no. She said, I'll be your booking agent. No. That's going to be on the phone. No, no. And you know what? She said enough no's that I don't go already anymore. <laughs> Because when you say no, people say, well, I'll just get somebody else to run down. I'd rather be tired preaching to you folks any day of the week as be out there trying to chase something and preaching someplace else for people that don't even love the person that I am. Come on, folks. We're in a place here today that's awesome and wonderful and good and glorious. Why don't you just give Jesus the hand clap he deserves right now? Come on. Come on. Come on. The second thing we need to do is throw out. You got to throw out. <laughs> throw out. Some of you need to throw out a lot. Some of you need to have a cleansing of your house. You just throw some things out. You need to clean the clutter. A friend of mine said, we're throwing out, not throwing up. I like this phrase. One man said, throw away as if your life depends on it because it does. I like that phrase. And that's the kind of motto. That's been a motto for me. I mean, lately, Patty and I, Patty and I, I'm going I'm to talk about our family just a little bit, our home, and I apologize because it's not going to be nice right now. We can clutter. We've got a clean house, but we can clutter a house. We just love magazines. We love two-year-old people magazines. We love them. It don't have to be last week. It's two years old. We love old mail. We love old mail. Great fire starter, but we love old mail. And we enjoy clothes that we wore in the summer of 85. Don't look at me and laugh. You know you do the same thing. When Patty and I first got married, I had a little old house in Dallas I paid $19,000 for. And it had one little old closet my space was about this big. And we moved on up to the east side of the city. We finally got a piece of the rock. And now we've got a walk-in closet that you could sleep a scout troop in. Some of y'all, I've been in your closets four times around your closets, a mile run. You've got big closets. Ours is kind of big, but you've got big closets. But the other day, I got enough of it. I said, it's enough. I've had it. I just start chunking. I start throwing it. Every time I threw something out, that 85 jumpsuit or whatever, every time I threw something out, I got more excited, more thrilled, more joyful, more happy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because I knew in a little while I was going to bless somebody that could be blessed and wanted to be blessed and needed to be blessed and I could bless somebody instead of letting it grow dust back there and grow all kind of moss on it back there in the back of my closet. And it worked. It really did. It worked. I'm going to tell you something. There, there's some people that are so cluttered. They're so cluttered. They really are. That 
they take their closet, their walk-in closet, and they move their stuff to the garage. And then they, they take that stuff in the garage when it gets full and put it in the attic. And then when the attic gets full, they have to rent storage somewhere. I think some of us need one of those purges that we had outside of Dairy Queen several years ago. I think some of you need to start throwing some things out and start blessing some people. Because every time you bless somebody with something that you had, amen, they're going to be so excited. You're going to be so excited. And it's going to cause you to get closer to God. There's some things you just got to throw out in your life. And let me tell you why you're throwing out. You need to throw out those pity party spirits that you have every now and then. You need to throw out some of that feeling sorry for yourself attitude that's stuck over in the closet and got dust on it and hadn't been to church in a long time to get the praise and the worship of God in your life. You need to throw all that stuff out too. It's not just throwing physical things out. It's spiritual things out because I'm telling you, what matters right now is your relationship with Jesus Christ this morning. Better is one handful with tranquility than two with toil chasing after the wind. Sometimes less is more. The Finally, the, the last thing I think we need to do is we need to turn off some stuff. We need to cut back, need to throw out and turn off. This is a different sermon, isn't it? You need to turn off some things. First thing you need to turn off is that television. Or as one old preacher used to preach when I was a kid, that hell vision. <laughs> I didn't think that'd get a laugh at all, but it did. That old hell vision. It is robbing more of our time. It's robbing your time of prayer. It's robbing your time of meditation. It's robbing your time of church attendance. Folks, you got DVR. Come on, you got DVR. I'm going to make a statement. I want somebody to tweet this right now. I want somebody to tweet this right now. Here's what I want you to tweet. Here, I wrote it down. You'll never change the world watching reruns. Somebody tweet that right now. Tweet it. The pastor said, you'll never change the world watching reruns. She's with me. Don't waste your life doing something that doesn't matter. Now, I'm going to meddle right now. Then I'm going to hush and let you go home and hope you love me. I'll fix the meddle. Some of you are going to wonder what I'm talking about. Others of you, you're going to go home and have a massive fight and say, I don't like that preacher anymore. But many of you, this thing right here has become an idol. I'm sorry. It's become an idol. It has robbed many women from getting up and cooking us some chicken pot pie. It stopped many a dad from taking his kid out to play a little ball. Are you? My Lord, somebody just tweeted me. You'll never change the world watching reruns. Thank you, Ann Gonzalez. I appreciate it. Love you. Here, here's, here's what I want, I want you to know. When I first got this thing, I thought I was something. I had a cell phone. Yeah, how you doing, brother? <laughs> Quit tweeting me. I heard another tweet. How you doing, brother? Good to hear from you. Yeah, man, the church is doing great, doing wonderful. We're on a trip. Kids in the back seat. Daddy, get off the phone. Honey, 
I'm doing God's business. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had a record attendance Sunday. Uh, yeah, it's great. Oh, we're going on vacation. Got the kids here, but you know, they're, they're asleep. No, they're not. They're begging you to get off the phone. Yeah, yeah, things are good. And I finally one day got it. Nobody is more important than the family that God has put in my life. And I started to I started to come I started to come into church today and I said, you know what? Talking about this out business. I, I pulled up apps. I've got three apps. I've got three. I've got Sports Center. Don't hold that against me. I don't look at it much. I've got a fan that if I don't have a fan on, on a road trip, I've got a white noise on this thing. And I've got one other thing, and I forgot what it was. Let me think what the third one is. I've got three little apps. But I've got to, I got to looking at this right here. Here's Heads Up. Here's Minecraft. Here's Party Party. Afterlight. Magic Locks. Wow. Buddy Man. Kick by Kick. Paw Patrol. Hmm. Seven-minute workout. Some of us need that. <laughs> Monument Valley. Here's FaceTime. Here's Ge Geometry Dash. Here's the life of the game of Life Classic. Here's Plague Incorporated. Here's Camera. Here's Black. Here's Sleep Cycle Alarm. Here's Red Ball 4. Here's Roller Coaster. Oh, my God. There's so many things I could play on my phone. Here's Monopoly. That'll take all night. Here's Video. Here's Tetris. Here's SpongeBob. Square Pants. Here's Ultimate Guitar. Here's the Akinator, Akinator the Genius. Here's Blooms, TD5. Here's Kick the Buddy, not the Booty, the Buddy. Here's Plants vs. Zombie. Here's Papa's Freezeria. Here's Full Fitness. You get to watch fitness, not do it. You get to watch it. Here's True Skate. Here's Angry Birds. Oh, my God, Angry Birds. They put them down. That's number 31. There's, there's apps, 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 apps. You know what? You know what the world's doing? The world's trying to take you away from what matters. Come on, somebody, you've got to turn this off. You know what I pledge to my family? You know why you can't get me some time on this? Because when I drive in my driveway, this is turned off and plugged in and recharged for the next day. If you want me, I've got a house phone. But I'm not going to let this take me away from what God has put in my life. There's something, sometime in your life, you've got to turn off. Can I preach to you right now? You've got to turn some things off in your life. Man, better is one handful with tranquility Amen. than two with toil chasing after the wind. Here's what I want to say to you, and I close today with this. I've preached too long. I want to encourage you to fight for what does matter. I want to encourage you to fight. Nehemiah's building a wall. I'm closing. He's building a wall. Sanballat and Tobiah come and make fun of it. Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah. Don't anybody come steal these after church. And Nehemiah looks at Sanballat and Tobiah. And he said, I'm going to come off this wall and lay hands on you suddenly. I'm going to pluck the hair out of your head simply because you are trying your best to delay what God has inevitably for his people. And that's fulfilling the purpose of building a wall. 
Folks, can I preach to you right now just a little bit? And then Nehemiah turns to his people and he makes this statement. I didn't put it on the screen, but he said, remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers. Say, fight for your brothers. And fight for your sons. And fight for your daughters. And fight for your wives. And fight for your homes. He said, draw your sword and fight because there's some things that's more important than what society has for us. There's some things more important than just making all the money in the world. There's some things more important than just being busy with people. God needs your affection. Your family needs your attention. And this church needs your participation. That's the things that matter in life. It really does. I've often told people I have five principles that I've lived by since I was a young preacher. One, God is my passion. He'll always be my passion. Family is what matters. People is my business. Money will never be the reason I preach the gospel and friends will always be my friends. But those first three are about God, about family, and about church. And it doesn't matter if you get passed over for that raise. God's got something greater for you if you'll put him first in your life. It really doesn't matter if your kids don't get to do the things that all the other kids do because Wednesday night's church night and we're going to take our kids to the house of the Lord and we're going to take our kids to vacation Bible school. It's all right. Somewhere down the line, they're going to be rewarded. Because when you put God first, when you put him first, when you put him first, all these other things and all these other stuff will be added to you. Thank you for listening. For more information about Christian Life Austin, please visit clcaustin.com.